Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome to The Jerick Show. I am Javad Malik, as always. I had to think about that for a second. Who am I this week? I am Javad Malik. And alongside me is the lovable, the man of mystery, um, the very suave, <laughs> Eric Crone. How are you doing, Eric? I'm doing great. It's, it's great to be here again this week. Cool. So what, what have you been up to in the last week? Uh, I, I hear you've been busy uh, preparing for a whole bunch of uh, webinars or virtual conferences. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I got a lot of those coming up in the next couple of weeks. I think I've got uh, eight or nine of them in the next two weeks. Uh, it's been interesting how this year has turned into virtual conference after virtual conference. Um, it is the COVID world that we work in, you know, and so we're doing so much online right now. Um, it, it's pretty crazy, you know, and, and so there's all the social media behind it. There's all that kind of stuff that goes with it as well. Yeah. I, I, I actually been finding it a lot more taxing because when, when you go to a conference, uh, that's you've booked out for the day or two days, if you're having to travel or three, whatever it is, but you go there, you spend the whole day there, you network with people, you give your talk, which is whatever, 45 minutes, an hour. Uh, but then you're, you're you're busy doing other stuff. But now, because it's all virtual, you, you're cutting out all that networking, which, which I found really useful and helpful. And now it's literally like you can do a, a presentation in the morning, one in the afternoon, and then one one later in the afternoon. So, so you're actually outputting more, but you're not taking that time to uh, network or, or take in what some of your peers have to say. And and that's one thing I am really, really missing about conferences, which I I didn't think I would as well. Much. You know, we just had Black Hat and DEF CON. And I, I mean, I was at like one session of Black Hat and that was to to do some chat stuff for Roger and answer questions in there. But honestly, um, you know, that those are those kind of conferences where you go to see the people that you haven't seen in the last year because people come in from all around the world and the networking portion is awesome. Now, the virtual stuff, it's nice because people have access to a lot of information, right? Like there's a lot of free stuff being put out there where you don't necessarily have to pay to learn. But you're right. When you look at, at Black Hat, DEF CON, RSA, or like DerbyCon, it, it's all about the relationships and seeing friends and meeting new people. And you just don't get that in the virtual world. And honestly, I mean, the virtual world is a pretty brutal place, right? We know that, don't we? We do indeed. We do indeed. I think, and and it's something that we as uh, know before uh, uh, our employer, uh, an unofficial sponsor of the show, I suppose, uh, they uh, came came to experience this last week. Um, what what exactly happened there, Eric? Yeah, that that was a very interesting situation, which is uh, still kind of have a little bit of ripple effect right now. Um, essentially, uh, what happened is um, a, another organization that does something similar that we do. Um, called us out and, and basically said that we uh, fired up a, a, a cyber squatting or typo squatting type website and then redirected their traffic back to no before. Mm -hmm. and, and that's just not how we do business, right? Javad, we, we've been here long enough. We know that that's just not how we do things. But they went publicly on social media and, and, and kind of threw that out there, made that accusation. Of course, we were kind of like, you know, what are you talking about? And, um, you know, it, it was uh, it, it was an interesting exercise because our side was looking at it, trying to figure out what's going on. We tried to reach out to them and eventually everybody got together and we started figuring out that, no, we didn't do that, which, of course, we we already knew. Um, the part that, that was interesting about it, though, was 
as you read the comments on this now deleted post, um, the original accuser deleted the post, but uh, the comments were so like jumping on the bandwagon, like, oh, these people are evil and I'm never going to work with them again. And da, 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 da. And it was like, it was just crazy to me to see how we in the security community jumped on board with something like that. And, and even the original accusation being so quick to come out without reaching out to somebody else and saying, hey, you know what? Um, is this y'all or, or, you know, let, let's have a chat about this instead going straight to social, um, ended up being a problem. And it's kind of backfired a little bit on the original people who have done a retraction in all fairness. Um, but once that's done, I mean, the damage is done. Those people that were in there that are like, oh, I, I hate them. I, you know, I'll never do business with them again. If they don't see the retraction, they're going to walk away with that feeling that, that this is what actually happened. Exactly, exactly. And, and it's, it's an unfortunate situation that doesn't reflect well on any of the companies involved in, in this. And, and I feel for the company that was targeted because they obviously got a, a lookalike domain being redirected to one of the biggest companies in, in, in the thing. So they, you know, understandably, you, you'd feel threatened and, 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 and attacked by that. But but yet, you know, social media isn't really the, the place to air grievances. And it's, it's, it's one of those things that because we've seen it work so well, someone will name and shame their local like high street supplier saying, oh, I went there and they were out of goat's cheese. And how is this possible? And then the official statement will come back. We're very sorry. Here's, here's like some vouchers to, 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 to satisfy your, your goat's cheese uh, needs for, for next time you're in town. And I think that's almost like it's become ingrained that like why go through a long-winded process that may or may not arrive at anything when we can go on, on social media. But that it, I, I think there, there is a time and place for that when, once you've gone through a, a whole bunch of, of steps. But it, if that's your first step, then, then don't. There, there are just far too many people out there that only want to see a good drama. They, they love to grab their popcorn. They love to stir stuff up. They love to incite others and it, it just leaves a bitter taste in in everyone's mouth. At the end, no one really comes out looking good from this. Yeah, you know, and like you said, I mean, I understand why um, the accuser side was kind of like, hey, man, that's not cool, you know, and yeah. absolutely, without a doubt, that that's not a cool thing to do, right? But, you know, it, I did learn some things from this, though. I did learn that there actually are groups that will go out and buy domains like this, and they will do a redirect on where it goes. And what they'll end up doing is then contacting the affected organizations and saying, so you want to buy this domain? And so that works on the one side that's actually getting the traffic, like, hey, look how much traffic we're sending your way. And then on the other side, that person is going to want to buy it too, because they're like, hey, this is sort of like your domain, right? So there's actually stuff that goes on around that, which is something I, I honestly didn't know until we started looking at this. But uh, a number of people came up and said, yeah, there's some like SEO type stuff that goes on with domain buying and squatting with this. And so, you know, we all did learn from the experience. Um, and I got to tell you, as security professionals, we do have to temper how we respond to these high stress situations, you know, and, and a situation that happened to me when I was with the uh, with the army can't talk a whole lot about it, but basically we had an incident where a machine appeared that it essentially was wiped. And so, you know, when we looked at what happened, it, there were, the initial reaction was, 
it looked like somebody got into this machine, which had some sensitive information and maybe tried to wipe the logs on their way out and overdid it. Right. And I mean, it looked very much like that. Now, when we did the reporting for the incident response, the initial reporting, we were very careful, though, to say this is a possibility. However, these other things could have happened. And after we researched it for a while and we were given updates every hour as we were doing this thing. And, and after we tore it apart, what we actually found out was it was the craziest thing I've ever seen, but it was a patch. And this patch was pushed. And when it failed, it tried to roll back and delete what it had put in place. And there was something wrong with that process. And so it basically wiped out an additional level of uh, of the folders. And then it went back and tried to reinstall and, and then did the same thing until the machine quit responding, right? But by all indications, when we initially looked at it, it was like, oh man, this, this could be somebody trying to wipe stuff on their way out. Now, because we went into it in a tempered fashion and said, hey, this is these are some potential things that could happen. When we did find what really happened, we didn't then have to explain ourselves out of the box that we put ourselves in by saying, Ermagersh, we got hacked, you know? Um, so that's why it's so important for us to stay um, reasoned when it comes to these situations. Um, it's hard to do because emotions take place and we know how that works. It, it does indeed. It is it's a bit like the jump to conclusions, Matt. From uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, office space, right? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and you know the thing with with domains and stuff. This isn't new. Um, and and companies spend like hundreds of thousands of dollars a year just actually buying up all these domains to prevent against these kinds of eventualities. Of course, you're not going to find every variation of it, but you know anything with a .com, .co.uk, .org, .tv, .whatever. And, and the hyphen without the hyphen and, and yeah. all those kinds of things. But even many years ago, they, there was like these things like where um, people would look on the who is to see who owns a particular domain. And they would then send them an official looking letter saying, hey, your d domain's up for renewal, make this payment. And people would often just look at it and say, oh, my domain's up for renewal. And they would just send off the, the $30 or $50 or however much it was. So, uh, and, and not realizing that this was just nothing to do with the domain registry. It's just an, another company out there. Uh, similarly, people would email other companies saying, hey, uh, this is a domain that is registered elsewhere, or uh, there's proceedings to a trademark it, but if you pay us money, we can secure that domain for you, and we can give you this so that you you maintain yeah. brand protection and what have you. So there's been shakedown artists in this uh, SEO world and the domain registration world for for a very very long time, and you know it's it's one of those things you can't really uh, put an end to it. But um, you know, like you said, the response needs to be tempered. Well, and as much as domain privacy stuff is really good, it also seriously obfuscates things. Like in this case. Who registered it? Oh, we don't know. It's it's done by this company because it's all behind that that privacy wall. And so yeah. you have to get that other party involved uh, to even figure anything out. So it, it wasn't even easy to spot like that. Um, so, yeah, you know, there's pros and cons to that as well. So mm. interesting times we live in. Right. And speaking of interesting times, Javad, I think you have a pretty interesting uh, story you wanted to talk about. Yeah, yeah. So this is the story. I uh, Vess on security tweeted it on on Twitter, and this is the kind of story that as uh, and I'm sure once you once you see this too, Eric, you're going to hold your head in your hands as security awareness point of view. This undoes all the good work you try to do. 
So um, here's the, uh, let me just try and zoom in on that a bit. So uh, my mom got a, a monthly bill from mobile provider, can't open it. Why? It's zip protected with a password. Ah, it's a common trick. Scammers send malware like this to bypass email gateway scanners all the time. Don't they, Eric? Absolutely, yeah. That's a great one. They'll put the password right there. And it's to it's to keep antivirus from being able to scan the files yeah. that are in it. Exactly, exactly. So I look at the email headers, look perfectly okay. Really does seem to come from there. Uh, message says it's encrypted with a password. The password is my date of birth, which is not hard to find, but it does make it a very, very targeted attack. So it must be some nasty piece of malware. Uh, so he sees it's a PD. Uh, so taking all precautions, he opens a PDF file in a virtual machine, and it actually is the monthly bill. <laughs> <laughs> they have sent the bill in exactly the same format as the scammers. This and that is why we can't end phishing. So <laughs> I, I saw this and I was like, yes, exactly. This is why would you? interact in, in with your customers in the same way that scammers do. Well, and this isn't even just like the scammers copied what somebody else did. I mean, you know, we, we see scammers using templates and stuff from other people all the time and using those tactics, they copy that. But this is almost like it went the other way around, you know? I mean, who does this? Who sends an, an encrypted file for your mobile bill uh, in a PDF with, I mean, it's just... That is so ridiculous. Like somebody saw that one. Oh, that'd be a wise idea. Who yeah. thought of that? Right. And if you think of the overhead of having to do that, encrypting and all that kind of stuff in order to send this bill, that just blows my mind. Um, it really does. And, you know, I, I had a similar thing happen um, last year. It was pretty funny, just within work. Right. So there I was minding my own business. Um, our boss, uh, she was out and about taking care of business, traveling. And uh, I get an email from her. And it says, hey, I need you to run down to Starbucks and pick up a bunch of uh, gift cards that we're going to give out to people that are helping with this study. And I'm like, you know, I'm like, yeah, yeah, okay, that's that's right. And, you know, it was one of those, I'm not going to be available for a little while. I'm about to get on a plane. I mean, it was just absolutely perfect. And I'm like, okay. And we did have a study going on, but we always have something going on, right? We're always doing some research or something like this. And so... Um, you know, I replied, I'm like, yeah, yeah, nice try. And I thought maybe it was an internal fish. You know, we fish ourselves with the simulated stuff. But I was like, oh, this is brilliant. Way to go, Brian. Um, but it turns out when I reached out to her again, it was legitimate. And it was really like, hey, go to Starbucks, pick up some $20 cards because we're going to help these people. It was legitimate. And I said, do you realize that this played out exactly like the scammers do? And that's why it works when the scammers do it, because it does really happen. And, and I just thought that was funny. It is. It is. It's 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 hilarious. One of my favorite things in in terms of like my most hated customer interactions is when your bank's fraud team calls you up to to query your transaction, and they phone you up on your number and they say, "Hey, I'm calling from your bank. Uh, I need to authenticate you. Can you tell me what your date of birth is and your first line of your address?" And I'm like, "Dude, you called me up. You you're meant to authenticate to me that you really are the bank." Uh, yeah. Or or, or or send me a text message and say, look at the phone number on the back of your card and phone that number to get through to the bank. 
and yeah. for the fraud team and here's a reference number or something like that whatever it is but you know it, it's it's one of those things, and this is this again is why the scammers are so successful because they can call up anytime and say hey i'm from your bank um authenticate your details and okay i'm going to send you a, a code and i want you to read it back to me yep um, yep and that's how they bypass a lot of the the mfa controls that are put in place Yep, absolutely. Absolutely. You know, it, it is interesting. Now, I've had those calls before, um, like right when we left a store, they're like, hey, just wanted to make sure this was you doing this. Um, we had a charge for so and so much. Now, what was good about at least the credit union that I used that that called me on that one was they didn't ask me to uh, to validate myself because they were calling me on that number. And they were just asking, was this a legitimate one? They weren't asking anything else significant. So it wouldn't hurt to say, yeah, that was a legitimate charge. Um, but yeah, you're right. You know, when they start asking you those questions, you're like, wait a minute, hold on. You know, we need to do this the other way around, pal. Mm. You called me, um, you know, new phone, who dis? Yeah. Uh, you know, it's, <laughs> uh, good times, good times. But having said that, um, you know, uh, it's been a really interesting time. I'm sure we'll have even more interesting stuff going on this week as well. Um it's summertime here in the U.S. Corona's still going on. The bad guys are still attacking worldwide, as we're seeing, you know, oftentimes. So uh, always good fodder for information to talk about. And um, also, we, we well, I, we haven't discussed that. We're going to talk about this publicly, but I thought I'd throw it out there. It'll hold you accountable to, to making this happen is uh, because we have had so many people saying how much they love our interactions and our bickering and bantering and you know, that, that that ribbing along with information that we, we are setting up our own site as well, isn't it? Where we're yeah. going to be publishing a lot of more written uh, form of uh, our opinions and views and bickering. And then after that, we're, we're going to be writing a book as well. So you were so proud of the blog post that you wrote beating up on me that you've decided to spin up a site off it. Is that, is that what we're coming down to now? Pretty much. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, I look forward to it. I, yeah. And people really do love our interactions. Um, and so we'll, we'll continue to beat each other up um, more and more, I'm sure. Yeah. Cool. Well, with that, uh, thank you very much for, for joining us again for another action-packed, exciting episode of The Jerick Show. I'm Javad Malik. He's Eric Crone. And we will see you next week. Take care.